Welcome everyone to another episode of Classroom to Staff Room. I'm joined by my co-host Jody Epia. How are we all? I'm Miles O'Kane and we look forward to taking you all along for the ride. Final couple of weeks, my man, of the term, what's going through the mind? Just maintaining, making sure the students have, from the good habits that they've picked up, make, making sure they're continuing right through to the end. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think when you look at the nearing the week, end of week nine, coming into week ten, it's one of the things that we as teachers should do is maintain all the way through to the end. Don't start laxing off in the sense because the kids pick up on it, kids start trying to get out of class earlier. So my, my word to everyone is to maintain right through to the end. And if you do give them a reward, maybe which, which does usually happen around this time of the year, then let them know the reasons why they, they deserve it. You know, Don't just give them a reward because it's an easy thing to do. Just make them earn it so they think, oh, wow, this is great. We were talking off air about that. I've started doing that in certain classes, um, the reward time for the last 15, 20 minutes. Mm. But I think the power has been for me has been letting them know the students have earned it. Yep. And it has been. This, this is not just free time. It is you've done the work. We've put the work in. So you've been given this reward. So well done. And they kind of they take pride in that, I think. And you can kind of get a win. And it's, it's, it's good as well because it, it makes that, I find, it makes this, the focus work more focus. So I know if we get through this, it's not just never-ending work. We get through this, we've earned our time, we can do it, and then cycle different stuff through there as well. I think you're right though as well. I think in terms of being a teacher, getting towards the end of the term, I know I'm definitely, I'll start crashing by this time. You're doing your best not to limp towards the end of the term, but it definitely feels like that for me personally. Mm. You're just going, telling yourself, get to holidays, you'll re-energize. Yeah. But it is. And that's if you're a new teacher out there or a teacher been around for a while and going through the same thing, we feel you. We yeah. uh, look after yourselves. You definitely got to look at, just got to just be mindful that if you drop your guard for any reasons other than the fact that that's a planned drop of your guard, then the kids will start thinking, oh, but if you're constantly on them saying, keep working, work hard, you know, you're going to earn this because of that. The kids will feel a lot more empowered in the sense of authority of what they've done in class will equate to something that, oh, well, we work hard enough, we can get this, or we can work towards doing something like a reward. So, yeah, just maintain it. It is one of those hard things that come towards this time of the year. I think it's the time where you just got to really grit your teeth, really sort of get in there and just, like, start strong, finish strong, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Going to go a little bit different, wins and losses outside of school, in the personal life. Mm. Oh, wins, mate, I'm always, I'm always going to go talk about the ones that I see inside my family in the sense of my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. She is on fire. She went through a dark path. Yep. But now, brother, just watching her come back online, connected, even telling the wife this is what she's doing. Right now is the time to be strong with my, my oldest daughter, show her that they're supporting her, show her that you know all the decisions that she's made prior to turning her life around, just letting her know that we're here with her, walking with her. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, is that she's... She, she understands now. She can actually start to see, oh, that's why you said this. Oh, that's why you said that. So it's not a I told you so sort of moment, but it's like a we're here to support you. Even though you may have derailed, we're back with you now. What would be for you the perfect way to do holidays? Ooh. For me, four lots of three weeks. <laughs> I think two weeks, not enough. Yes. Six weeks, too long. Absolutely. Oh, I think that's a, that's a better plan because, yeah, that's six weeks. Even I get bored. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I do get bored. If I don't have anything organized, easy to get, get bored. Yeah. So my holidays, our big thing is 
painting the room Ooh. for the new Ooh. coming baby, my man. So, yes, congratulations. Thank you very much. Gonna have to a couple of days there painting the room, buying some baby stuff, <laughs> slaving away to make sure Ooh. little Miss of Miles okay. And it'll be good. So, I think it's, it's something looking forward to. I think it's just those, those holidays as well. Like, I have a list, to do list, to do stuff. I start checking around this time and just look at it like this is crazy. There's so much stuff to do. So I think for me personally, it's not to set my expectations too high. Yeah. You have to do 40,000 things, just do a couple of things. Bro, I look at what you have to go through, reflects back on when my kids were kids. Bro, <laughs> I'm happy that, that that season of my life has passed. My kids are now all adults and I'm like, you, and I look at all the young parents that are having kids now. I just, all the little, just reflect on all the things that you sort of had to do when you had children. Uh, like, Can I? I'm not going to name names though. I think earlier the debrief between yourself and another staff member was very good. <laughs> very good. I think so. I went to a baby expo on the weekend. And I think just sort of walking in there and seeing all the astronomical prices, being able to sort of bounce some stuff off some rational people. I was like, oh, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Tell you what, those those expos and that, that show all that stuff, they just <laughs> love, love new parents coming in, man. They're rubbing their hands. They're seeing the ching, the. The dollar signs just racking up. It's all there, man. And like being first, first up parents as well. I think that's a that's a different one to when you if you have a second child or a third. Yeah. The first one's pretty much you. It's it's you got to get it right. This, you got to have all the everything. Yep. But then the second and the third comes along. It's like ah. So I'm thinking. So this episode, I still find it personally rewarding to have teachable life lessons in the mm. classroom. I think it's. Not just sort of mass curriculum, but or you know the positive behaviour which you like to catch as well, but be able to make note to things that happen in the classroom. So I think on that, what are teachable life lessons in the classroom, and what does it look like? What's your take on it? I think one of the other episodes I talked about a, a teacher that had forced me to do my planning right down to the very minute, mm-hmm. and I made mention that at that time when I when I was teaching that way. It had no room. It didn't allow natural learning um, opportunities to happen or natural teachable moments to happen. So as time has gone on in my teaching career and went away from being that strict on how how much time I'm spending on this, this, and this, it allows natural things to happen in the class. And then when something does occur, you've got to really jump on it. Whatever the Whatever that teachable moment is, You've got to jump on that teachable moment because that may be the impact that those kids will remember. Oh, I remember when. Because those things are the things that kids re- that are relatable to the kids. Those are the sort of things that they're like, wow, as they get older, they go, do you remember when we were in such and such a class? Because even I do. Yes. I reflect back on the teacher who done something to us and we we're like, wow, that had a huge profound impact on myself even to the fact that, that I'm here today as a teacher. So it's not every teachable moment is going to have like a profound effect all the time, but it's very important because those are just like like stepping stones or like the foundations that we build with education. Those teachable moments fill all the other gaps as well. They help fill gaps in yeah. so that it's stronger and then they can build on that. You're, build, you're building the student at a holistic view, yeah, aren't you? It's not it's just right. uh, an academic curriculum, whatever the subject happens to be at the time. Mm. It's trying to help them be a better person, I guess, yeah. and give them the skills to cope. But it's and that, and that's what I find. Like I think it's no one's fault because mm. society is changing so quickly. Yeah. You're constantly trying to find 
what the new skill set needed is, mm. you know? And I, like, I find that you try to teach students stuff, but there's, there's plenty of stuff I don't know about that happens in the classroom as well. But I guess just trying to relate it back to being a productive person, being a good person as yep. well. And not yep. saying that anyway, where the standard for that, I think, I think we do, but we learn together, we grow together. Hopefully by doing that, society becomes a better place. As you're saying, you know, just being good, being kind. You know, even laughing with students, that in itself is, is something where they see the humanity or they see the human factor in yourself. And you laugh at similar things or you might even, like as a teacher, I laugh at some of the kids for some of the things they say or do. And they go, oh, see, you laugh. I say, yeah, that's just, I would laugh at you even if you weren't, even if someone else was doing something similar to you. So the teachable moments are not necessarily just have to be a profound thing. Sometimes it's just being real with kids. Yep. Just that whole, oh, see, you're laughing at us. Yeah, it's funny. You're making me laugh. You know, at not sugarcoating anything. And it it's, drops the facade as well. Yeah. It drops as, it's not, I'm the teacher, you're the student. It's just, okay, there is this time where I'm going to need you, to, I have to assume that role. But it's also, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a human being as well. Yeah. And I always found that, especially when I was young in the teaching game, when I'd see students outside of school, because I was so used to being so strict in the classroom, but someone's like, well, you're a real person. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, I still talk to you and stuff. Like, it's, you know, like you're mature now, you've finished school. That's right. Like, and that's, it's not Mr. O'Kane, have to go down and do 4,000 questions or whatever it was back. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, I think they appreciate seeing you do a real human being. Absolutely. Like, even like, I reflect last night, we had a um, gathering at the church last night, and there was quite a few ex students that I taught at, a, at another school. And even they, still address me as um, Mr. Epio or Matu Epio, even though they were in, well into their 20s. You mm-hmm. know, I think, and I said, you, they said, no, you're always going to be, and I said, well, similar to me, if I have a teacher that I was taught by, I will always address them as this Mr. Who, so-and-so or Mr. So-and-so. Yep. I've been like that as well when I've crossed my teachers. I still call them by their last name. <laughs> and there's even, even a point I was, I was in university, I was working in a bar, and I had some teachers come in, and they like didn't go off and they like we're past this. You're like early twenties now. Just call me by my first name. I was yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. Mister? No, <laughs> like Paul or John or whatever it happened to be. I was like, yeah, she's. I guess it's is a sign of respect. So for you, common life lessons that occur in the classroom and how to handle them. Hmm. So my, I'll go first. My first one for me is overcoming the fear of failure. I think especially in maths as well, a lot of students go in there and possibly expect perfection. I can't do this, or if they can't do it straight away they start to freak out, which is a common response. Um, then the heads start to drop, they lose the confidence yeah. and it casts a spiral from there. Yeah. I think like role modeling, you know, positive behavior, um, creating a safe atmosphere. Yes. You know, so when students do have a whole class discussion or, and, and knowing the students as well. So, you know, certain students don't want to, you know, have confidence issues, which is fine. Yep. But if you can do and build them over time, that's a great thing so they can yep. contribute which is fine. If they don't have to, that's fine as well, but they know they're safe and they're not being judged. I think the big thing is the judgment. They feel that they're, that if the student presents something that's wrong or incorrect, they then think they're no good or they spoil. But if you can get across that, and I think a big one um, that I like to get across is you're going to fail in life, but it's not mm. staying down. Keep picking yourself up. Absolutely. That's the hard thing. And it ties into resilience yep. and it ties into determination. But a lot of the a lot of the highly successful people in life had plenty of failures along, oh. but their ability to keep persevering and pushing through, I think if you can get that skill through to students is massive. But it, it takes a bit as well. It takes a bit, and the students need to see that that you're not picking on them. It's not oh, and if a student, a class situation, I've had 
past that student said something and then it's wrong and another student will try to chip in and say something. I'm like, you know, that's, I don't appreciate that. And it's not putting the other people down but going, no, like we're a team in here, we're one class, mm. we're going to learn together and part of that we're going to make mistakes. That's right. I want to quickly jump on that too in regards to the failure, uh, the fear of failure or that anxiety that you're knowing that it's about to be your turn or like I, I reflect on classes that I've had and I always ask the questions and I say one of the biggest things that I ask these students is what's the worst type of question and they give us give me all these cool answers but it comes down to the worst question is the question never asked. So to remove that that atmosphere of fear or even that atmosphere of shame You've got to make everybody feel like we're all in this rowing in the same direction. We're doing an example, doing simple times tables. As a class, great. We're calling it all out together on the board. Next flashcard will come up. We'll call it out again. And everyone is feeling happy. But then when you get put on individual and you get put on the spot, and you are now having to rely on just your recall. Yep. But then I say to the kids, look, if you don't know, just sort of nod your head a little or sorry, side to side and say that you don't really know and we'll come in and help you. And you hear the kids' confidence in saying, oh, they know this one, they know this one. Then when they, they pause, you know, they're trying to figure it out. And then when they get to the point where they can't, then they go, they shake their head a little. Yep. And I just turn to the whole class. All I say is help. And then everybody just calls the answer out. And you just see the kids just like, wow, it's okay if I don't yeah. know now. So yep. it's just building building that atmosphere in the room where it's a safe place. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay if you don't know for now. But the thing is, if we do this over and over, we are going to learn. We will learn this. It's just own up first to the fact that you may not know something. Because if you're hiding behind that, it's pretty hard to teach you. Because you're not teachable because you're hiding from the things that you're not good at. So. Again, touches on previous episodes. We talked about hypervigilance yeah. and hyper-awareness. And, it come, it's, and the skill that is very important for teachers is to be able to read the room as well. Yes. And that takes skill over time. And I mean, that's a fear of failure thing. Like there's times my, in early on in my career where I would, you know, pick, not pick on, put people in the same position, probably weren't comfortable. But I learned to modify my position mm. and my strategies over time as yeah. part of that fear of failure. Um, the other thing is obviously being a math teacher, if I... If there's working on the board that goes up and there's incorrect answers, there's plenty of times I've done that, you're rushing or whatever, there's times you can draw it to the students as well. Or students are like, this is wrong, sir. And I'm like, yep, I appreciate it. Cool, made a mistake. Go on from there. I think once they see the teacher or the authority figure in the class that hasn't been rattled by it, yeah. it gives them confidence as well. Oh. Like what you just said right then, flashback. When a group of students are telling me the answer, I use this question to them. Are you sure? Oh, we should have seen some of them back up their answer. I go, oh, maybe. I said, why are you changing your answer? They go, oh, because you said, are you sure? The seed of doubt. Yeah, it's that. It spreads. But then now they understand it. And I said, I explained it to them. I'm going to say this to you quite often because I'm going to try and challenge your thoughts. But stay strong. Stay strong to what, if you know the process, stay strong to it. And then when I start throwing out this, are you sure? Oh, you should see the confidence in someone. Yep. Yep. You're wrong, sir. It's this. So great, I love the fact that you're challenging me and that you're also staying strong to what you believe in because your processes that you have learnt makes you aware that your answer's on the right track. Definitely. <laughs> I think, so for me, my second one, it ties into the fear of failure. I think overcoming self-limitations mm, as well. Yes. I think that's tough. I think um, to associates that everyone's got limits on them. You know, everyone puts limits on them, whatever their their background is. I know I certainly did going through school. You think you're a certain way. Once you start pushing those limits, you start to realize that you can overcome stuff. Yes. I'm not saying that 
you, you then become a limitless force and can do anything, but you can do a lot more than you think you can. Yes. And I think part, part of that strength comes from, and a good teacher, an exceptional teacher, knows his or her students and puts students in situations which are difficult, <laughs> but they can yes. overcome. But there, 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 there may be times that they fail in that situation, but knowing that they pick themselves up again, yep. you know, I mean, obviously it depends on how much the teacher knows the students. You throw yeah. the students straight into the deep end and go, this is a difficult situation. This is possibly something that you're limiting yourself with. Let's see this. Let's challenge this. Yeah. And once they see that they can start knocking these down, big things can be achieved. Wow. I, I, I hear that and I, I, I totally agree with it. You know, knowing your students is so, it's, it's an integral part of teaching in the sense that if you don't know how much you can push your students, then you'll never push them enough. But then if you know how far you can push a student to, you won't push them over that line of breaking them. And that's, that's, a, that's a fine line, as you're saying. You know, once you, once you build that relationship with the kids, you can practically take them anywhere. And if they're prepared to do the work, they'll do anything for you. Mm. But, yeah, what did you say? Giving them opportunity to have a crack and should they fall over? The mere fact that they were given and put into that situation is going to make them grow one way or another, either positively if they do really well. But yep. the other positive side, even if they fall over, it's that picking themselves up, dusting themselves off and getting up and going again. Yep. That there, I think, is, I think that lesson in itself, that's just not a student thing. That's a life thing for everyone. Like we as adults, we fall over. We have, we have ups and downs. Yep. We have times when things are tough. But when the, we you present that situation to a kid in a, in a learning environment, and should they rise to the occasion and do well, great, everybody's in, you know, enjoys the fact that the kid done really well. Yep. But should that kid fall over, but see him or her get back up, that huge. is empowering. And it's not uh, two things there. So that that quote, oh, that I paraphrase that. So that putting the student in the situation. He's Stephen Presterfield, make up the name wrong, who's a writer who I came across on YouTube. Yeah, he was yeah. saying that, so I put students in that situation. I was like, that really resonated with me yeah. because I've seen it. But And again, like it's not saying that, you know, I think it's a skill that teachers need to build their craft as well. It doesn't yeah. come easy. But once you sort of add that to your toolkit, oh. that's where that real valuating comes in. Yep. If I was to look at one of the, other, one of the things that I would look for teachable moments is I would definitely say is to know is to teach the kids how powerful they are and how great their brains are and how much information their brain can actually store but actually show them how it can be done i do a simple assessment with the kids and they when they look at it they're like wow and it's just as simple as asking them to tie a shoelace and when they they look at me go tie a shoelace i said well let's come on then let's do this so they tie the shoelace and i said oh well done everybody pass awesome stuff all right do it again they go oh they get the moment do it again <laughs> And I said, well, this time, here's the next challenge. You're going to do it with your eyes closed. Boom. Kids are like, oh, that's easy. Okay, let's do this. And then when you watch them do their shoelace and they're rushing through it and they go, oh, done, finished, whatever else they say. I said, that's great. You know what's so awesome about that is that you've done it without your eye, without looking. But do you know that that was done through learning? You learned it over and over. You practiced it. You got it so fine that you don't even have to look at it anymore. That's what we have to do with education with these kids. You've got to get it to the point where sometimes you're going to make a mistake. Sometimes you're going to fall over. Sometimes it's not going to go the way that you planned. But it's that ability. Look at you guys can tie shoelaces without looking. Yeah. Imagine with all the other things, if you apply the same method that you've learned something so well, no matter what adversary is put in front of you or what obstacle or variable, you'll still overcome it because you've got it. So that's, that's one assessment that I use for most classes at the beginning of the year. 
I said, right, let's check. I'm going to give you a test straight away. And they're like, oh, a test. Yep. But it's simple as tying a shoelace. Which then feeds into my third teachable mm. point. Um, I think work ethic is a big one. I think yes. I, I think work ethic is big for me because I saw the difference it made in my life. My parents are always very hardworking. I think in the sporting arena, I was hardworking. Other aspects of my life, I wasn't. So until I'm sort of matured and got through last year of school and then beyond that, I saw work ethic was a, not everything, but a lot of where stuff was generated from in my life. Mm. I wish I had a teacher back when I was going through school would have told me that. So I think you can show kids that, okay, it, we're doing math now, but if you have a work ethic to focus, and especially in today's day and age with smaller attention spans, you've got to rebuild that where we can. But if you can focus your mind to do difficult tasks or do stuff that's you know not necessarily comes easy to you, that you can ingrain this work ethic into you. So when you leave school and go wherever you want to do, you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. if you have that work ethic there. But again, it's kind of building that. You can definitely see it in the young students across all the schools I've worked at over my time. It's a maturity thing as well. Yeah. But you can train it. You can train it and go, okay, we're doing it for this reason. And the you know your short time frames you build up, so your first 10, 15 minutes start of the lesson, everyone's focused as best as possible. You know, you're quieting the classroom atmosphere down, getting them to work on that, and then sort of doing your transitions from there. But I think if you can... And, it, and I think it's it's telling the students that as well like we're working on a work ethic now because we work on the work ethic yep. once we leave here it gives us more opportunity in life helps us in the big picture lead us to a better life yes yes absolutely i can't agree with you more in the sense that um work ethic hands down i look at it from a sporting side is what you're saying like going growing up sports was a huge part of our life yeah um, sports and culture and it all came down to the ability to have to just constantly work. And when you have a look at, like I went through the rugby system, you come across some real talented players. But talent will only take you so far, mm. and as we all know, as we've seen. But if you've got talent combined with work ethic, see the person grow and just flourish in whatever they end up doing. So work ethic for me, when I look at it from a teaching point of view, is it's something that needs to be taught, but it's also something that's quite onerous. And it's quite tedious at, t- at times for some kids. Definitely. In the point that because it's constant focus, constant having to do the same thing over and over. But see, I've, I, I've had classes by where I've told kids, right, this whole session, we're doing notes and we're going to be writing. And if you put that, plant that seed into their mind early in the session, come the time when we're about to start, bang, and you train them that way. Yep. It's nothing different. It's like, okay, here we go. Yep. But it takes a couple of, you know, it takes a bit of time to get them used to it. And then once they're on, and it's just, it's, I always laugh at the end of the first, maybe second week, kids are always moaning to me about, say, I've got a sore hand. I said, oh, well, strengthen it. You know, <laughs> let's start strengthening this hand. Let's uh, do some more today. <laughs> Look at time. I think we're pretty close. You got one more. Uh, what I'm going to say with one of the teachable moments, sometimes what I do personally anyway is I love to, I love to sing. I actually do. I actually mm-hmm. sometimes stop and we just, have a good old sing song. Sometimes we'll sing um, songs that are quite silly sounding, but it's watching the kids' faces and like enjoying the song, getting in with the song. But what that does to them, it shows them that there's another side. You know, it's like, yep, we can work hard. Yep, we can be focused. Yep, we can be strict on this. But then when they see this other side of, of you and, you, and like I'll bring out the guitar and we start singing some simple songs, they start laughing, they start giggling at the words, they start yelling the words, and everybody else is getting in the words. And then some of these words, you know, 
um, make is deliberately to make them make silly sounds or whatever else. But just listening to them laugh, listening to them sing. Some of them, and then I always do this one. If you're, I can't hear you, you're going to sing with me. And then all of a sudden, the, the volume gets louder and louder. And um, just when, just before the bell goes and they finish the song, just hear the buzz as they leave the room. Mm-hmm. That there, for me, is if you can leave or implant something in a kid, if I'm not leaving them with a song, I leave them with high-fiving two to five people. Something by the end of the session where it's like a like that cherry on the top thing. Go around, high-five three other people and myself, and to all the short kids, I, I tiptoe real tall, so they have to try and jump. It's a good way to leave the class, though. It leaves in a positive way, doesn't it? Yeah. It's funny when, when, they, when you see their eyes look up, and then they look at you, and they're like, really? I said, yes, get up there, get up there. So those, those are the sort of one of the life things that I would leave with mine. I, I, I incorporate music into my lessons as much as I can, but it just, it's just to make them feel like, wow, what a cool, what a cool way to finish, even if that's all they remember. Yep. Just knowing that they've left my class feeling a bit more cheerful. That's a good, that's a good teachable thing. I think we'll leave it on that positive note, my man. <laughs> any concluding remarks? All I'm going to say to any young teachers that are still getting out there, fine-tune your craft. As you say, read the room. Get to know the kids. Get to build those relationships, and you'll you'll find your own you'll find your own way. Um, one of the big things that I hear a lot of people come in and say, "Oh, can I come and watch you? Mm-hmm. What do you do?" That's fine and dandy, but I think at the end of the day, it's everyone's got to find their own flavour. Everyone's got to figure out how they want to teach because your style is more unique to you, and that's what works. And it grows over time, and you're fine tuned over time. I think definitely mm. awesome. So like always, thanks for listening and we look forward to catching you all in the next episode. Thank you.